Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Joni Stahl. It's great to be back again. So I want to welcome you back again. And to everybody who's new here that maybe you're just stopping by, welcome. I refer to this as more than a channel, but to a little green pasture. So I like to say take up a little portion of the grassy knoll and receive of living waters. Before I get started, I just want to make a couple of announcements about some things. And so first thing I want to say is I no longer have my websites. Somebody wrote to me and they said, oh, there must be something wrong with my computer. And I said, no, there's nothing wrong with your computer. I better make an announcement. I gave up my website because I was never on it. And um, I just, it just got really neglected. And I just felt like I'm not even going to keep it because everything just culminates right here where I really comprise my core work. So um, if you want to get a hold of me, every video that I put out under the video, there's a description box. And all my information is down there. I even added a P.O. box because sometimes people want to handwrite to me. I get people that like to do that. So um, feel free to handwrite. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh, yeah, I've been uploading all my videos on Rumble because you just never know. If I woke up one day and somehow this didn't exist. So I've been uploading on Rumble. So... If you guys can, would you guys go over to Rumble? Uh, you'll see in the description box below. You can click on, it says, um, you can visit me on Rumble. It says something like that. So click on that link. Go over there and subscribe. So, okay. Anyway, so another thing is I need to let you guys all know that for a while now, um, I have been having all of my videos being posted on Truth Hunters. Uh, Lynn Liaz is a good friend of mine, and she's been so good to post all my videos on Truth Hunters, which is a really good avenue because, you know, you can watch it on Apple, Roku. There's all these different uh, channels that you can go to, or I don't even know what they're called. But I just want to let you know that because, look, we're in some strange times right here, and you just never know. And I'm not going to take anything for granted. Like, yeah, I'm going to wake up the next morning. It'll be as it was yesterday. It's like, no way, not with the way things are looking right now. And so I wanted you guys to just know that there's also good, there's like things happening behind the scenes, but you should know about them. Okay. So I just want to be upfront, let you guys know what's happening because so many of you follow are part of this little green pasture and I don't want it to end, but if the Lord wants to shift it here, shift it there because something shifty has happened then you'll know where to find me. Okay. Um, but I pray in Jesus name that won't happen. So with that being said, I'm going to pray. And then I want to get started in this little message that I have for you. Okay. All right. Let's give it up to the Lord because we're only here because of him, right? We want to hear from the chief shepherd. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, I come before you and I know whoever is listening to this video, I can say we come before you. Lord, I may be the vessel that's pouring forth the ointment of your name, but I pray for all of us. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you bless us today, that you bless us with a good word. Lord, let me just break off from here to say this. Lord, I am only a vessel. I am an earthen vessel. That's what it says. Filled with the excellency 
of the Lord Jesus Christ so the power may be of him and not of me. And that Lord Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit will take control and I will follow you, Holy Spirit. I pray exactly and literally as you were with the mouth of Moses, you will be with my mouth. For you asked Moses the question, who made men's mouth? Because he spoke about stuttering. Well, Lord, your Holy Spirit doesn't stutter. And our weakness, my weakness, is the thing I will rejoice in because the power of God will rest upon me. So let your power rest upon me for I confess that I am weak and you are strong. And I pray that your name will be lifted up, that you will be glorified in this message and that you will lead me. Holy Spirit, that you will lead me to take, you said that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, would take what is from you and show it to me. You said as he, as you heard, you spoke. And now as I hear from him, I speak. So let your blessing be upon this message for your namesake, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, so let me get going. It's so good to be back. <laughs> sometimes I do. Oh, one more thing I want to say. You know, sometimes if you don't see me, if I have like an irregular day here and there, sometimes there's things going on in my life. Not bad things, but just things, right? Like things I got to take care of, like things about my mom. I have a family. I have a husband. I have a dog. I have appointments. So sometimes if you see irregular days, nothing to worry about. I'm just doing life outside this little area right here. Okay, so I just want you to know that because I'm super committed. I'm like fully committed to this little green pasture. All right, let me get going. So um, as usual, you guys know that I'm no talking head and everything I teach with you, I have to hear from God first myself. Like if I don't taste of it myself, why would I feed it to you, right? I'm not going to feed you something secondhand. I'm not going to siphon off of something just to give to you. I want to hear myself because isn't it the way it is when people saw Jesus and heard him for themselves, they went and told other people and other people wanted to go and see and hear him for themselves. And that's the way it should always be for you and for me. And that you should never just rely on my words or the words of anybody, even if they're core right on teachers because there's one greater than me and there's one greater than the best of the teachers that are out there and best of the best of the ones that we read about from times and years past. But there's one that you want to always be listening to first. And that means spend time with him alone, spend time, spend time, spend time. I can't overemphasize that and spend time in his word. And so anyways, I was, I was praying, you know, and I had nothing. I mean, like yesterday, and that to me, it's okay. I mean, in the past, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not receiving anything. There's no wind in my sails. And I would be kind of concerned. But, you know, when you get older, you realize the Lord doesn't want us to get used to. He doesn't want me to get used to, oh, well, he's going to give me a word beforehand. And he's going to give me this. It's like, sometimes, you guys, I have shown up doing these messages waiting on the Lord as I was speaking to you. But in that regard, he always showed up. So he doesn't want us. He's not going to be controlled 
even by our sincere habits and devotions, he's, he's the Lord. And so I just want to always remain humble. And uh, I just want you to know that because it's important because I want you to know me as much as possible. So with that being said, I didn't hear anything. I wasn't moved by anything. And so I got up again, my early morning devotions. I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, what is it? What is it? I still heard nothing. And I got into, I came across a couple of little notes after I saw these little verses in Psalm. I was like, oh yeah, I remember when the Lord was opening my eyes to that, but is that what you want me to talk about? And so there was three different verses that I prepared, but I still felt like, no, there is something else. There's just something else. And so I started to think about things that people put all their hope in, you know, um, you know, like people, maybe for instance, they pay into an insurance their whole life, right? And then when something happens to them, that's legitimate. The insurance company slights them and says, we're sorry, we can't cover you. That happens, right? Or we'll put our hope in the institution, not me, but many will put their hope in the institution of government thinking, well, if we just get the right person in office, then we'll see. But we never see, do we? And if we see it, it's for five minutes, but that hope is always dashed, isn't it? And so we we have, there there is a legitimate hope, but it's not the hope we have in Christ. But there's things that we do on an earthly plane that we do put our hope in, right? Like maybe some trust in somebody that's very close to us, but even somebody very close to us can die. And then we realize our poverty. And and we realize that there's poverty within us, but we don't really know what that poverty is unless God allows things to happen that reveal that poverty within us. It's not that poverty that we see people that are homeless or, you know, the people that just really suffer because there are wealthy people that are in absolute dire poverty and they need Christ. So a friend of mine, as I was thinking about the, Oh, so I was thinking, so I got up and what my, what my custom is, is I'll put some notes together and I'll walk away from it. So I walked away from it and I thought, okay, I'm going to go do some things. So as I was doing some things, just a few things, because I wanted to get back. Um, I was thinking about the injustices of hope, of of um, putting trust and hope in things of this world. And then my mind started to flood with all the things that have been happening up till now. Um, you know, with, I'm not going to mention it, because like I said, I'm not going to jeopardize this uh, YouTube channel. I, I don't, I'm not going to be one of those kind of people that go, I don't care. It's my free right to speak and this and that. It's like, I'm not going to do that. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Um, I, I only want to be approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the only proving I'm going to do. And uh, so, you know, there's other videos out there that you can watch about what's going on in the world. And we do watch them. I watch them, you know, I don't get fully into them, but I read articles and I am completely updated about what is going on uh, in the medical field and things like that. I, mean, I don't want to talk about that today, but everybody is putting their hope in that um, 
well, you know, in that medication that they're taking so they don't get sick. Okay. And there's all this joy and there's this glee. It's like, look, we can do this. Look, we can do that. But yet, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about like, I thought, yeah, you know, when it comes down to it's really about our economy. It's about they want to get the economy going, which there's nothing wrong with that. But everything is so perverted and twisted now. And the last thing I'm going to say about this, because I don't want to make this video about that. I'm just trying to make a point is that it's going downhill now fast, rapidly. And so uh, I really, it struck me, you know, I just really thought it, it was kind of like I could feel the Holy Spirit touching me saying the only thing that remains is me, my word that remains forever, that endures forever. And I thought, yeah, you know, I was listening to it. So I got back and I sat down and a friend of mine, Judith, she started messaging me and we were talking for a while and she brought up a video that she had watched and it talked about enduring, you know, that this is no longer the time to just embrace God, but to endure, you know. And I said to her, well, that's really interesting because that's really what I've been hearing today. And I thanked her. I was like, you know, I asked God to speak to me today and, you know, he'll speak in the way he wants to speak. And I said, he's speaking to me and he's telling me what he wants, because then I knew that God wanted me to talk about something more fully, like talking to her brought it more full and out into the open. And I'm glad because just the three little scriptures I had, I said, there's something else. And so I want to talk about something because um, it is time to endure. It is. It's time to endure. Uh, before I get into some scriptures, and I am going to get into the word, because that endures forever. And so this morning I was talking to my husband and I was telling him, I was saying, you know, I said, I want to talk about enduring. And I was talking about that. And he said something interesting. He said, you know, uh, people always look at what happens in the first hundred years after Jesus's death. And then after that, there's this big silence. And then there's now. And I said, yeah, that's right. And I said, but there's so much more to learn. And I was talking about the torchbearer eras, you know, the middle ages and people groups that were, you know, the inquisition and they were dying for be, you know, you know, for being born again, Christians and, you know, the whole story, that whole history. So there is a great deal of history that is overlooked about people that endured they endured and they even died just so that we could read the word. And I was, as he was talking about it, I was thinking about how, you know, I have this, you and me, we have this luxury, you know, no matter where we are, even if you can't get alone at home, you can get your Bible, you can go outside, you can get in your car, you can walk to the park. There's always a way to get alone with the Lord um, or in your car, you could do whatever, right? And we have this Bible, we have all different translations of the Bible and we can choose whatever we want that satisfies us. But notice the ease of it, right? So because there's an ease of it, there is a weakness in enduring, right? Because we have been been fed so much. We have the YouTube. We have uh, endless Google searches on, you know, Greek transliterations and this and that and every kind of theology at your fingertips and apologetics and soteriology and human 
hermeneutics, if you want to get into theology speak. But, you know, I thought to myself, after I got done talking to him, I said, nothing is going to endure. Nothing is going to endure but his word. What endures forever? We're in these bodies, but these bodies are not meant to live forever here. Our bodies, we have to be born again. It says, though this outward man perishes, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. In the reading of the word, it's food to our soul. And so I started to think about all these things and about what endures, like what really matters, because a day is coming where things that we have put our trust in, things that we thought we can have hope in is going to diminish and go away. And what will we have then? Every day we read about someone who has died. These people have died. This person died. 150,000 people, I think, what is it, like a day in the, just in the United States die, just for whatever natural causes, sickness, Ill, whatever. I don't want to get into statistics. But their, their time is up. It's over. And most of the time, it's over in an instant. And what you do here is going to matter there. And I want to, I want to be here today, front and center in your life, but I don't want you to see me. I want you to see Jesus. Forget me. Forget my name. Remember Jesus. Remember his love. Remember that everything that comes from heaven endures forever. You know, I'm going to start talking about what endures forever because mark these words. There's going to be a day where you will have to lean on the word of God. And it's not just this dry, I'm going to read the word. I'm going to remember this. But you could tell that you're a dry twig, like you're dry, like you're a dry desert. When, you know how, and I've been there before where I've kind of laxed a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I know the Lord and stuff. And he'll take care of me. And then, pow, I got broadsided. And because I was, you know, I mean, I always did my devotions and stuff, but there was part of me that was becoming complacent. I'm going to be honest. There was a couple times in my life I just took for, and I wasn't purposely taking it for granted. I'm like, no, I love the Lord. But I didn't, you know, it says even Paul the Apostle says, but I do not judge myself. You know, so, you know, I wasn't judging myself. I just took it for granted. And then when it happened, I realized how really unrooted and grounded I was in my life with Christ. Now, let me go forward because I want to make time count for you. Okay. I don't want to just talk about myself. Now, I I made a list like every now and then I'll find there'll be a word that will pop out and I'll start seeing it everywhere. And, you know, I want to say this, when you read the word, you're reading up and down, up and down, up and down, right through chapters. And you turn the page and you go up and down, up and down, up and down, however your, your the layout is. But, you know, God speaks in different ways, you know, and sometimes he'll pick or a word will be illuminated to me. And next thing you know, that word is illuminated everywhere in his word. Now he's speaking to me in a way that is with definition and clarity. And he's such a good teacher. Well, one day I saw that word endure. 
And then I started to see that word endure. And of course, I've been reading the word for you know decades and stuff, but it's like all of a sudden that word had power to me. Like he breathed upon it. He vitalized that word. And so I am a meticulous note taker. So I'm a list maker. And so I started to list and I know I could Google it, but that's not the kind of Bible studier that I am. I want to do it the organic old fashioned way. When I see it, I'll see it and then I'll write it down, but I'm not going to go, okay, I'm going to look up everywhere. It says this and then write it down because I want to give the Holy spirit time to show me another verse that has a word in it that may give me more insight and a better view of Jesus. So I'm going to start with John 6, 27. The Lord tells us what to labor for. He says, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. You know, I want to say this. Notice how he says, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. You know, a lot of people take upon them an intellectual assent of the word, but it's not given to them. Remember, Jesus said to the disciples, you know, when he was speaking to them in parables, to the people in parables and later on in private, they said, one of them said, why, why do you speak to them in parables? But why, why do you do that? He said, well, he said, for it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto them that are without to them, it's not given. And everything we have, God gives you even the understanding of his word. You know, if the word starts getting boring to you, I mean, be honest. If it's starting to be dry and you're like, ah, I've read this, I just feel like I'm not getting anything out of it, then you need to go and ask for grace. Go do it, watch, you'll notice a difference. Ask for God for understanding. Say, Lord, give me understanding into your word that I may labor for the meat which doesn't perish, that I pray that you give me the meat that endures unto everlasting life, okay? Because that meat that endures unto everlasting life, that is a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. It's what nourishes your soul. You notice when you start getting away from the word, you start getting away from prayer, that you start a darkness starts to creep upon you, a coldness comes over your heart, you start to become petty, you start to become offended, you start to become insulted, you start remembering what people did to you in the past. Next thing you know, the enemy's creeping up on you. Just remember, if you're finding yourself in a dead season, yes, press on, keep doing it. Would you stand in the desert forever or will you keep going searching for water? Will you lay down in the desert and say, well, now I am in a desert and I shall die? I wouldn't, neither would you. You know why? Because at least it's the flesh's survival of the fittest, but there's a spiritual survival of the fittest where you go, no, the, I, I may be in the middle of a spiritual desert, but I'm pressing on because I know somewhere out there, though I don't see it, is an oasis of water and I thirst. I thirst. Matthew 24, 13. This has to do with the tribulation period. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Yes, that has to do with the people that are alive during the tribulation period. But you know, I think to that, what about that word about, when you think about people 
that were alive in the last 2000 years. That wasn't the end. But what about if they endured to the end of their life? I mean, have that kind of mental capacity, at least that no matter what happens, adapt the postal postman's creed. Say, I don't care. I'm enduring to the end. And notice the longer you endure, the more you don't realize how strong you are, that when you start getting older and things happen here or things happen there, you start to realize the power and the strength that has been imparted to you by the Holy Spirit. It's not just you have this life of you, you know, you got through this and you got through that. And it was terrible. And you can't believe you got, a, you got out. But it's, it's showing who God is in your life, the one who endures forever. Let's keep going. Jesus endured the cross. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and now is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so, yeah, he stands alone and unique. And in a sense, he gives us a picture about which way we're going because you see the death on the cross has been done for our justification, for our righteousness, which is in here in him. But we have daily crosses to pick up and we have to learn how to die as we go along through these crosses. And you know what? I think it's so simple about the enduring saint because there's so many books you can read and things you can try to learn about what it means to die. And you can, you know, you can sing songs, Lord, let me die. Lord, let me die. There's songs about Lord, I uh, carry my cross and everything, but, and people, and I say this lightly, people expect that something is going to happen that they can feel. <clears throat> now, remember when Jesus was in the garden, <clears throat> he was, he was enduring at that moment his flesh. So when he was saying, Father, if you will, if, if it's okay, let this cup pass from me. See, that was his man. If this, let this cup, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not thy will, my will, but thine. So that process of death is always being obedient to his will and your flesh will fight it. Your flesh will fight it, even in the obedience of his will. But that's how you die. It says he endured the cross. And the Lord, if he's asking you to pick, take up, deny yourself and to take up your cross daily, he's going to give you the power. He'll give you the power to endure it. Amen. In Psalm 89, 26, it says, his seed also will I make to endure forever and his throne as the days of heaven. Now he's speaking about his seed being Israel. Now, obviously we have eternal life because we're of the new Testament, right? We're the new covenant. So we have eternal life with Jesus Christ. And he is saying here, his seed also will I make to endure forever. Now his seed, there is a two, there's a period of time. That's the period of grace that they can be saved and have eternal life. But in the millennial kingdom, they're still going to need to be saved to receive eternal life because they have to be part of either the resurrection of the dead or the resurrection of the righteous. But you see, he has a special covenant with Israel and he's saying to them, David's, you know, David's seed will I also make to endure forever because they're children of that covenant and his throne as the days of heaven. And that would be 
the millennial throne of Jesus Christ. In Psalm 145, 13, it says, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. You know, Satan, Satan, you know, we look around us and we're like, I don't even think I see evil these days that I cannot even believe I'm witnessing with my eyes. Things I hear sometimes are so horrible. And you guys, sometimes I see, you know, every now and then somebody will send me maybe a video about like dog rescues, right? Where people have abandoned their animals and they've been beaten and they're bloody and they're thrown on the side of the road. And on top of that, the dog has given birth to puppies and she's broken and she's desperate. And, you know, these are, there's millions of stories like that. On top of that, every kind of evil that's being done to children. I have never seen murdering like murdering today. There's a kind of murder that's going on today. Like I was watching a video the other day and the guy was saying, one of the, a man in that was saying, well, murder's always been all over the world, but there's a special kind of murdering going on in America. See, he said in Mexico, say, for instance, they there's murdering going all the time, but they're murdering because of drugs, a cartel, right? But in America, a person can be offended because a girl didn't accept his date invitation. So he goes and he beats her up, rapes her and kills her. We hear about women nowadays. I've never seen it in my life. Women murdering all of their children in mass. Um, I mean, people are on murdering rampages because they're insulted. Their feelings are hurt. Um, they don't like something. Um, they, whatever it is, they just go and murder. They're conscienceless. They're, they're dead. They're just dead and taken over by the enemy. But this is in mass. So I say that because he says, thy dominion, he says, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is throughout, throughout all generations. So though we see the enemy rampaging through this world, and we know he's not going to stop and it is going to get worse. <clears throat> we have to remember that Satan still is under the authority of Jesus Christ. And as long as you and I are here in this world, he has to go before Jesus Christ to touch you. And if he does come near us, let me just clear my throat. throat) Let me tell you something. Two mornings ago, right before I woke up to go do my devotions, I had this dream. I was standing in my bathroom doing something. And all of a sudden, um, I heard a low growl. Like, you know how lions, when they breathe, they're not like roaring. They're not roaring. But there's this guttural, deep, like, that sound of a lion. And I was like, what in the world? And in my dream, I just, for some reason, I was trying to figure out where is that coming from? And as soon as I said that, it got louder. And then it kept getting louder. And then I heard it coming out of the drain, like it was down below subterranean, you know, in the dark. And I woke up, of course, I didn't, I didn't, I I dealt with it. But you see, God's kingdom is within you and me, right? He says the kingdom of heaven cometh without our observation. No one knows the kingdom is in you or in me, but Satan knows the kingdom is in you and in me. So he wants to attack the one that's in you. The greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. But don't us ever, don't let us ever forget. That's why we read his word where we say, 
No, Satan. The kingdom, Jesus's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is throughout all generations. And I speak that to my children and their children's children. And the gates of hell will not prevail against any of my seed. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Let's keep going. Psalm 135, 13. His name and memorial. Endure, it says, thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, Lord, throughout all generations. So his name, of course, is forever because the name of Jesus is, is Jesus. Jesus accompanies his name. And his memorial is all, we're always remembering Christ. It's not just what well, we're going to have communion today. Um, we're going to go to church on Sunday. We have uh, a cell group during the week. It's like, no, you know what his memorial is? The cross. The cross is his memorial, his sanctifying work so that you and I can have hope for a future and an eternal future and hope for our children. You know, there's so many times where Satan is, he every now and then, right? Like some people he'll really oppress some people he'll strike with that spirit of oppression, the spirit of heaviness. And man, once you come under that spirit, I've been under that spirit and it's hard to come out from underneath it. But once I see the enemy start to come upon me, I go, no, 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 no. I'm not going, I'm not bowing to that spirit. I don't say that to beat my chest. Like I'm some big, like I'm some great one. You better believe I call upon the name of Jesus Christ. And sometimes I have to fight and fight that thing to come off of me. Sometimes it just doesn't go away. And some of you, you deal with depression. Some of you deal with it. I was depressed once for six years straight. I've talked about that before. I'm not going to get into it. But God set me free. He really did. He was faithful to me. And I will never forget it, that he delivered me from that spirit of depression. Man, that thing will make you bow. But now I say no. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and everything is culminated in that name that endures forever. And that's why we, be, we remember him. And in Psalm 104, 21, it says, The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. You know, we are, it says that you we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the works that he has ordained for us to walk in before the world began. It says we're to study to show ourselves proof, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, of course, the Lord's going to rejoice in his works. He rejoices over you right now in the things that you do for him. And it's not about having a ministry. It's not about you know, writing a book. It's not about standing behind a pulpit. It's not about joining a choir. It's not about working at the, as a receptionist in the church uh, front office. It's not about any of that. It's, are you faithful in whatever God has given you to do? That's the work he's given you to do. If you're called being a servant, care not to be free. If you're called being free, become the Lord's servant. Because whatever it is that you're doing, do it well. Do it with all your might as unto the Lord, not as unto men, as unto eye service. And it will change everything. The Lord gave me that revelation. So even the little things like sweeping my patio, folding laundry, cleaning the floor, I have a complete different perception of it. I think, well, you know, I can, I can murmur against the Lord, but everything under the whole heaven belongs to him. So praise the Lord. You know, I think of that word in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. It says, now, therefore, brethren, beloved brethren, 
Be ye therefore steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, where as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And there, that's open-ended. He says, brethren, and he says, labor. And you know what? It's a labor of love. So even, like, I love that, that Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 7. It says, the full soul, soul the full soul loatheth the honeycomb, but, uh, but unto the hungry soul, even the bitter things become sweet. Do you understand? We run a different course. We run it in the course Christ marked out for us. It says in Psalm 136, verse 6, 26 times it says his mercy endureth forever. And he equates it with the creation of heaven and earth. And then he goes into how he delivered them from great kings and and how he gave them their lands and how they inherited the labor of the people and, and how he gave them fruitful vineyards and lands and they became fruitful and he gave them everything that wasn't even theirs. It belonged to their enemy and he gave it to them. Even beginning, he said, he said, let there be light because his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever. And that mercy, I think the word mercy is spoken more times in connection with God himself than any other feature that we see of him, though we know God is love. But the interesting thing is um, the writers of the uh, New Testament and the Old Testament, those words are, um, they can change from mercy to love or love to mercy. So when I was looking this up, I looked at 1 Psalm 136, um, 1 Psalm 136 about about mercy I saw that it was also noted to the Old Testament writers that it was his love that endureth forever. His love. And whatever God creates, he loves. He loves you. In Psalm 117, too, it says his truth. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise you, the Lord. So it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, you can hear all kinds of this and kinds of that. And there's all kinds of confusion these days. There's so many believers that are so new to the faith. They, they, they remind me, and this is, I'm not picking on them. I mean, because they're babies. They're, you, can't, you can't blame a baby for turning in the wrong direction. But it's like they're, they're like um, pinballs. I know somebody like, what's a pinball? But they're like pinballs. They're just they're ricocheting all over the place. They're, they, you know, they, they start to slightly root here. Then they, they run over here. Then they run over there because a lot of times I think what's happening is they don't want to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. They want it all at once. And I get this picture of holding, have you ever held a flower, like say a rose, okay? And it's in a tight bud and you just, I don't know, you just start peeling it. Like, let's help it out. It's like, it's like opening a rose before it's time. I mean, you can pull it open, but it's unnatural. It's not ripe enough to give its best perfume. And not to mention, the best smell comes from crushed flowers. So they need to be crushed still. But the truth of the Lord endures forever. So, you know, so many people don't, you know, they get so worked up about, you know, well, I'm going to prove this and I'm going to prove that. And that's good. We should be all good apologists. Always giving, you know, it says that we should 
give a defense for the truth, you know, for the word, the gospel that's been once delivered unto the saints. So we should be able to do it, but not to interfere with the work of the Holy Spirit because he can defend his own word and he will keep his truth forever. And he says, praise you the Lord. So praise him, praise him. Say, Lord, I praise you that no matter what people do to your word, how they twist it and turn it upside down and add to it. You said they'll all be found liars, but you keep the truth forever because the truth of the Lord endureth forever. It says his work is honorable and glorious and his righteousness endureth forever. In Psalm 111 verse three, his work is honorable and glorious and his righteousness endureth forever because we can trust the Lord in his, in his work. You know, in that chapter, Psalm 111, it says, um, great are the works of the Lord sought out of all them that take pleasure therein. His work is uh, honorable and glorious. His righteousness endureth forever. And it talks about the work of God, but everything God does is in righteousness. You know why? Because he's holy and holiness means he's pure. That's why he's not going to do things all the time our way. He's going to do things because he sees further out into the future and the lives that we touch and lives that touch us. Because sometimes our thoughts are not all the reason why our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways are not his ways and never can be is because he's God and we're not. And if we knew his thoughts and we knew his ways, that would make us equal to God. Wouldn't it? He we cannot, I don't want to ever know everything. I want him to be far above and unsearchable. It's wonderful. He's wonderful, but his righteousness endures forever. It says the upright love thee. His ears are open unto the righteous, but his face is against them that doeth wickedness. It says he heareth the prayers of the upright, of the righteous. So the Lord is righteous and he's holy. And it says his righteousness endureth forever. In Psalm 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And I think we pretty, yeah, so the word of our God stands forever. First Peter puts it, um, which I'm going to touch on that in a second. But in Psalm 119, it says his righteous judgments. It says thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So remember this. When you look at this, this is, this is, a, this is a book of judgment. It's a book of judgment. It really is. That's why Satan hates that book because this thing in here, it's written. It's written. It's like those words were, were Caesar, not Caesar, Pontius. When after, you know, when he wrote, this is the king of the Jews. And the Jews came to him and said, we want you to change that sign. We don't want it to say this is the king of the Jews. We want you to write instead that he said he's the king of the Jews. And Pontius Pilate says, what I've written, I've written. I believe that was the Lord saying, you're not going to change it. You're not going to do anything. And how, how confounding was it to have that heathen governor say, what I've written, I've written, and his words stand there forever, even though he was an evil man and died in a prison cell later on in captivity in an ignominious way. But Jesus is the king of the Jews. And he's king of all the earth. Um, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do as commandments, 
And then it says, his praise endureth forever. You know, when we begin to fear the Lord, understanding starts to come in about him. Because if you fear God, that means you're looking at him, you're thinking about him, you're processing who he is. But not just who he is, like some God out there. Yeah, he created the heavens and earth and he did this and he had a son and he died. But listen, when you get a revelation, even the smallest revelation, you will have the proper fear of the Lord and not like, oh no, I'm afraid. Because there's there's Christians out there who are like, they're always in trouble with the Lord. I know God's mad at me. God must be so mad at me. Everything they do, God must be so mad at me. Next thing you know, they live their entire life. I know, I know people like that. I know one person who lives her life. I mean, she loves the Lord. She loves the Lord, but she's always thinking, God, I, I don't know. God's mad at me. I don't even know if he wants me in his kingdom. But yet on the other hand, she's like, I praise the Lord. I give glory into his name. Then in the next breath, no, I don't know. Maybe you, Joni, might go to heaven. We'll definitely go to heaven, but not me. I don't think God can even stand looking at me most of the time. I can't even stand looking at myself. And so they've they've created this kind of a God out of Plato in their head or something. I don't mean to be mean, but they've created a God that's just like them, who thinks like them. And listen, if you are like that, I'm not making fun of you. I'm trying to tell you, you have a God that is beyond your understanding His love that endures forever is a mystery that you will not even know, even in the eternity of eternities. You are deeply loved by God, and he's not mad at you. He loves you. It's the enemy who wants you to accuse God of being mad at you all the time. I don't know. I think it was probably the way you were raised. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was raised with a dad. Um he was a miserable man. I don't mean, I don't mean to speak evil of my dad, but he was, he was, he had a terrible childhood. He grew up, he was always mad. He grew up. I mean, he spent his entire life being a super angry person. I heard he got saved at the end, but I don't know. All I know is that he was miserable and um, all he was, was just angry because he was so hurt as a child. Consequently, we lived under that anger. So I went on always thinking for the first, probably 20 years of my walk in Christ that I had to work at going, I'm so bad. I'm so this, I'm so that because my dad was always yelling at me, yelling at all of us, you know? So we were always thinking that we did something wrong. So consequently I was putting that on our father in heaven, you know, where I was like, as soon as I would say one word wrong or whatever I did, I'd be like, I go around sorrowful, really believing that I'm somebody that, God's purest eyes couldn't even look upon it. I was a hopeless case. But I don't think that anymore about myself. I know what I am. I am what I am by the grace of God, and so are you. And Jesus loves us. He doesn't, he loves you. He loves you. He knows all about you. So let me keep going. And he loves you. So in 1 Peter 1, 24 through 25, it says, For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. And you know, when I was putting these notes together, I felt so touched by that. That was like the last verse I I put in there. When it says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel 
is preached unto you. In essence, it's like the gospel of endurance. And there's a reason we endure. We endure because we love him. I want to share a dream I had with you, and I've shared it before, and it bears proper repeating. I had this dream. I saw myself running. I am not a runner. I do not run well. Um, even when I was in my fittest, I, I just, my body's not cut out for running. I did other exercises. So not that long ago, I had this dream. I was running. And, my, and in my dream, I was kind of thinking, I'm running, you know? And I saw like to the right of me, like right here in my periphery, I can see somebody was an older man and he was running, but he wasn't looking at me. And I kind of looked this way and there was another person, man or woman, it doesn't matter. And I knew there was others running behind me, but everybody was kind of in a different space, but yet we were running together. And I thought, I've, I mean, I've, I knew I was tired. I said, I am so tired. I'm not even a runner and yet I'm running. And my legs felt like jelly. Like I was like, oh, my legs, like my legs were burning in my dream. I was running and, and I, and I looked in the distance and I saw a house and the house looked like it was this big. So that should, well, more like this big, like it was tiny. It was, so that would tell you how far away I can see this house. And I saw the sun where you would see it probably like at the four o'clock hour. And um, I heard this voice say to me, and, and wait, before that, I said to myself, I have to get to that house. For some reason, I knew that that was the house I was running to. And that's why I was like, oh, I'm so tired. How am I going to make it? I'm barely making it now. And I, and I remember even that, um, and it's important. I'm glad I backed up to say this because the people that were with me, I knew and I could feel that they felt like me. And um, I do have a remembrance. I do do remember like for a split second of time, I was in a cross country. I took it for, <laughs> for like an after school thing. And so I joined an, um, a cross country club or something. I don't know. And I was just not good at it. And somebody talked me into it that were good at it. And so I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And I was so terrible at it. But I remember the first time I ran a, ran a cross country, it was only a two mile thing, but it was a cross country thing. And I remember you guys, even at my fittest and my youngest toward the end, I was like, I remember how I could, I was like, I feel like stopping. I want to quit. I want to quit. I can't go anymore. I want to quit. It doesn't matter if I quit. No one's going to care if I quit. I'm the last one anyways. I really was. I was the last human being running. Everybody was like already done or way ahead of me. And I was the last one. And I just, and I, and I kept fighting with myself. I'm not going to make it. It's not going to matter if I just walk the rest of the way. No one cares anyway. But I started to hear somebody go, Joni, go, go, Joni, go. And I remember somebody was like in the bleachers. And that gave me a little bit of like and more energy. And then as I got a little bit further, somebody was going, come on, Joni, you can do it. You can do it. Right. And I remember I made it all the way in and I thought I would never run again. So that's how I felt in my dream. And all of a sudden, I heard this voice say to me, um, you need to get to that house before the sun sets or it will be too late. And I felt panicky and I said, but it's too far away. I said, I'm never going to make it. I'm barely making it now. And that voice said, I, I can't really remember exactly. I'm going to stop because I don't want to say more. 
I just remember that voice said something about you you can do it. You're, you're going to go, you know? And I, so, but as soon, I remember as soon as I heard that voice say, when you get there, you'll be finished with your race. That's what he said. You will be finished with your race. And then a new life entered into me. And all of a sudden I bore down and I started going. And I even saw the people next to me, but no one looked at each other because everybody at the same time, I believe got that same word that we were at the end of the race. And this was the enduring part that we were going to endure. And it was going to take everything that we had to get there before the sunset. And I believe that is where we are today, that it's going to take everything that we have in Jesus Christ and what endures forever and his truth that endures forever and his love that endures forever and his righteousness that endures forever and his righteous judgments that endureth forever and his praise that endures forever and his throne and memorial that endureth forever. It's going to take that and that we're going to lean everything. We're going to have to lean everything we have on what endures forever because what we lean on what endureth forever is the power from on high that will be given unto us to endure to the end of our race. Because what's coming now, you don't want to lean on. It doesn't endure forever. It's falling apart. Lean on what endureth forever. Take hold of eternal life. Throw all of your weight on the word of God. Because that is what where we are right now. Where this is now the time of enduring. This is the word of the Lord by the word, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. And with that, I encourage you to give everything you got to Jesus Christ and give up what's vain empty, shallow, shifty, and place your feet upon that rock that endureth forever. World without end. He's coming again, but before he does, this is our time to endure. And he, our master will make us stand.